Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why you can have an emotional reaction to music even when it's not being played, how people have been performing brain surgery for thousands of years, and why some bathroom light switches are outside the room. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Enjoying music is about a lot more than the music itself. I mean, you'll probably enjoy a song more if it reminds you of high school, or if you can name all the band members, or if you just really have a thing for guitar solos. Looking at you, sweet child of mine. Well, a new study shows just how far those non-musical judgments can go. It found that people can have emotional reactions to music even when it's not being played at all. For this study, researchers from Flinders University in Australia set out to test how these types of extra-musical associations influenced people's emotional responses. The head participants simply read lyrics from songs in different music genres, with no music involved. But there was a twist. Some of the genre labels were real, and some were fake. After reading the lyrics, the participants again had to name an emotional response— a lot of the time, the participants' emotional responses depended on how the lyrics were labeled. So in other words, people responded to the same lyrics differently when they were labeled as folk music than when they were labeled as hard rock. And those responses closely matched their responses to real musical examples the researchers played them at the beginning. For example, consider these lyrics. I wanted to love, but I was afraid and wanted to save my heart. But love knows a secret fear that can kill your heart. When lyrics like that were labeled as bossa nova music, people generally reported feeling joy, happiness, and excitement. When the lyrics were presented as hip-hop, on the other hand, people felt anger. And both genres made people want to dance, but with different emotions attached. The research shows that music is more than just sound. When we think of a song, we draw up a whole lifetime of memories and feelings and associations and learning along with it. We're responding to all of that, not just what we're hearing in the moment. And this goes against the idea that music is a universal language that can be understood across generations and cultures. In fact, the researchers performed the same experiment on both Australian and Cuban participants— and they found that those people from different cultures expected to feel different emotions from certain genres of music. Basically, the emotions we feel when we hear music are shaped by culture and history. They're not universal. So the next time you hear a song, remember that you're judging more than just the music. You're bringing a lifetime of experience into what you hear. Brain surgery is sometimes considered the pinnacle of modern medicine. So this next fact may come as a surprise. People have been performing brain surgery for thousands of years. Even more surprising, they've had a pretty decent success rate. That's right. Scientists have found skulls with evidence of brain surgery dating from at least 5,000 years ago. Specifically, the skulls had evidence of trepanation, a procedure that involves drilling a permanent hole into the skull. We know that at least some patients survived because their skulls show signs of healing. And it wasn't just one group of people doing this. 
Paleontologists have found ancient skulls with evidence of trepanation all over the world, including Peru and Mexico, China, Russia, Eastern Europe, and North Africa. So why drill a hole in a skull? Well, most researchers think the earliest procedures were for religious or ritualistic reasons. That's based on the fact that some trepanned skulls didn't have any kind of injury associated with them. But in other cases, the reasons are clearly medical. A skull might have a fracture and a trepanation hole, both partially healed. Scientists think these procedures were performed to treat things like head trauma, seizures, and severe headaches. Scientists also know that these ancient surgeons practiced their skill, a lot like modern surgeons do, just with less advanced equipment. They would use a hand drill or a cutting or scraping tool to practice on dead people or even on live animals. I mean, scientists once found a 5,000-year-old cow skull with a trepanation hole at a Neolithic site in France. This all sounds pretty horrifying, but it was safer than you think. A 2018 report found that surgeons in the Inca Empire around 1400 CE were a lot better at brain surgery than civil war doctors nearly 500 years later. Archaeologists confirmed this by comparing trepanned skulls from several different eras, which showed them how practice slowly made perfect. Skulls from 400 BCE to 200 BCE showed only about a 40% survival rate, and that gradually rose to 83% by 1400 CE. By comparison, Civil War doctors performing similar procedures were a lot closer to those 2,000-year-old success rates. Only about 50%. So, hats off to those skillful ancient brain surgeons. Turns out that humans have been brilliant for a very long time. Picture this. You're in the bathroom doing your thing, and suddenly, the lights go out. Because the light switch is outside the bathroom, and some random person passing by flipped it off. Kind of annoying, right? And look, back in my day, we didn't all have flashlights on our phones to guide us while we finished up. So, it made you wonder, why would someone put a light switch in such an inconvenient place in the first place? Well, there is a good answer. It's to protect you. Long story short, electricity and water don't mix. I mean, if a light switch is functional, it's connected to a live wire. In new buildings with professional electrical installation there's a pretty low chance a light switch would shock you. But when you've got aging wires and DIY electrical setups, that chance gets higher. The metal screws on a light switch cover are especially liable to give you a jolt if a live wire wanders near. And we use metal for electrical wires because it's an excellent conductor. That is, when you send electrons through it, it doesn't put up much resistance. Water is also a great conductor. That means that if you're fresh out of the shower and standing in a puddle, a shock from a light switch can pass quickly through your body and into the puddle, which would form a circuit that electrocutes you in the process. And what happens next will shock you! <laughs> just, just kidding. As a result of all this, a lot of building codes have stringent requirements for outlets and switches placed anywhere near water. Like in the United Kingdom, Regulations forbid electricians from placing light switches within arm's reach of a shower or bathtub. So in a small bathroom, that doesn't leave a lot of wall space for switches, and that is why a lot of UK bathrooms use a ceiling pull cord. That keeps wet hands a safe distance from live light fixtures. US requirements aren't quite so strict, which is why you're more likely to find interior light switches in American bathrooms. Instead of using distance to keep you safe, 
These bathrooms rely on independent circuits that are designed to shut off when there's a change in currents, like what might happen if electricity were to surge through your body. The next time you use a bathroom with an exterior switch, you can at least feel secure knowing that it's just there for your safety. Even if it might leave you peeing in the dark. It's one of Bruce Springsteen's less popular songs. This is one I'm talking about when, when we say that music's not universal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that you can have an emotional reaction to music even when you're not hearing it. That's because you're drawing on a whole lifetime of memories and associations and feelings, and a lot of that is shaped by your culture and identity. Music may be the universal language, but it turns out that maybe it has different dialects? Or maybe it's just not universal. That's also a possibility. <laughs> Another detail from this study is that people who describe themselves as fan of a certain genre of music had more diverse emotional responses to music in that genre. So it makes sense. Like, if you don't know Bossa Nova very well and someone says, oh, this is Bossa Nova, you're like, oh, Bossa Nova is a happy music. I know Bossa Nova. But if you listen to Bossa Nova all the time, you hear sad bossa nova and happy bossa nova and contemplative bossa nova and so you have a wider range of emotions that you feel i feel this way about jazz all the time i feel like everyone who's not familiar with jazz says jazz is smooth and they'll just any jazz they'll be like oh yeah that sounds that's love that smooth jazz and it's like that's not smooth that is fiery that is intense that's like a that's like a rock and roll solo what you just heard like mm, yeah just ooh, that smooth saxophone like stop it no oh that makes me feel gross oh i hate that that's a thing no yeah me too well we also learned that not only have people been performing brain surgery for thousands of years but also they had a surprisingly decent success rate especially notable were surgeons from the incan empire around 1400 ce who had up to an 83% survival rate. And that's even better than civil war doctors, whose success rate was around 50%. I saw a one-man show, John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons, back before the pandemic, and he talks a lot about the very rich history and shocking technological advances of so many cultures native to the Americas before the Europeans came over and, you know, did their thing. And uh, it's just it's really just I wish we could talk about the Incan and Mayan and, and all the other empires that were around here a lot more. So we will. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is you think of ancient Incan civilizations. They're not ancient. I mean, like we were saying, 500 years before the Civil War, like that's that's nothing like Oxford University was around then. It's wild. And we finally learned the reason that light switches are sometimes on the outside of the bathroom. This is definitely something I have always wondered. And it's because of building regulations that, you know, don't want you to be electrocuted, which, yeah, fair. That's a small price to pay for someone turning off the light while you're peeing. Yeah. And I mean, that's every building owner's fear, right? If a tenant or a guest gets zapped, you know what they're going to do, right, Ashley? What are they going to do, Cody? Press charges. All right. That's pretty good. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't blame them. The urge is irresistible. Okay. Oh, because the resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was for the uh, electricians listening. Local 1096. Hats off. There to you go. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk, Ruben Westmus, and Ashley Hamer, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow. Like I said, what happens next will shock you. 
learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.